1: All right, enough of that. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Geeks Against the Grain. Today's episode, we will be debating best trilogies. That's why I stopped the theme music early, because we need to get right into it. Um, Mm -hmm. So pretty much, as it's self-explanatory, tonight's episode, everyone will be giving uh, what they think is the best trilogy. So that could range from Toy Story, Lion King, Aladdin, Godfather, Terminator, um, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. It's a huge list that anyone can pick from, The Dark Knight. Let me make sure I throw that in there so Tia doesn't think I'm hating early on.
2: Uh, <laughs> there's so
1: many movies that we could pick from uh, as our favorite trilogy, but um, we got a great panel. Uh, let's start off with Tia. What's, what's going on, Tia?
2: Hey, Juwan. Really happy to be here tonight. And, to, um I never thought that I would ever have to defend The Dark Knight trilogy, but apparently... You're like the 1% out there that I need to defend it to.
1: Oh, 100%. And I can guarantee you, everyone that thinks I'm alone in my somewhat dislike for the Dark Knight trilogy, there's a few of us. We're quiet, but we're here. I
3: I won't be too quiet about it.
1: Perfect. Let's introduce you then, Christian. Um, Next up is Christian. What's going on, man?
3: Hey, what's up? Uh friendly neighborhood Mexican here, hoping to discuss the movies.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. We have so much to discuss. Let's keep going down the line. Dom, what's going on, Dom?
4: Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, just got back from doing some uh, – literally just walked in the door from doing some fantasy football. So hopefully I can, uh, you know, defend my trilogy as well as I beat my friends at uh, fantasy football.
1: Perfect. I actually – because – I'm very skeptic of the off season and preseason. I held my fantasy draft till this Monday. You know, so luckily we did that. So Andrew Luck, you know, retiring early yeah, didn't yeah. didn't hurt anybody. So just everyone out there, hold off your fantasy draft as long as possible. Okay. Um, right. uh, last but definitely definitely, I can't speak. Uh, apparently, definitely. Oh my goodness. Anyway,
4: pal, what's going on, pal?
5: nothing much. I'm actually very excited to talk about Trilogy tonight, and I'm also ready to feel really, really crappy and realize, man, there's a lot of movies that I need to start watching after tonight.
1: <laughs> no, I can guarantee you someone will name a Trilogy that I probably only saw maybe either the first movie or the third movie of that I probably yeah. have no idea about. Um, But, yes, <laughs> hopefully I can... Speak the rest of this podcast, like pronouncing definitely, uh, but all right, let's get right up, right into it. Oh my goodness. Anyway, um, Tia, we're actually going to start off with you. Um, what is your best trilogy?
2: Well, as uh, I said in my introduction, it's going to be the Dark Knight trilogy by Christopher Nolan. To me, and all right, I'm ready for a little bit of fluff here because as you guys know, not the biggest comic book reader, um, but I grew up with Batman. You know, Batman, the anime series, was my quintessential um, weekend watching. And I'm pretty sure if you go to my parents' house, you can see a shit ton of VHS tapes. And for kids that don't know what those are, Google it. Um, And I probably recorded hours and hours and hours of that show on VHS taste. So that's just how much like Batman the anime series like shaped my love for Batman and my love for like this superhero genre. And one of my favorite villains, believe it or not, from the anime series was Scarecrow. And as far as I knew at that point, they had never introduced Scarecrow in a live action capacity. So when they came out with Batman Begins, um, and I saw that 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 they were bringing Scarecrow in, I was completely overjoyed. And I loved that movie so much. I loved Christian Bale's um, portrayal of Batman. I loved Killian Murphy's portrayal of Scarecrow. And what's interesting at that point, because then Killian Murphy went on to play the character for all three of the movies in that trilogy, and at that point, he was the first person to, and the first villain, to show up in three three movies. Um, Obviously, now that has changed with, like, the MCU and the DCEU, but at that point, it was a first. And I really think that Batman Begins was a good movie. I really liked Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul. There was some totally awesome quotes in that movie. The cinematography was beautiful. Uh, To me, it was a great First movie where you introduce the character, you show him doing his training, but then you show him back in Gotham. It just, it was just done so wonderfully. And then obviously you have the Dark Knight, which by the way is the first Batman movie to ever not have the word Batman in it. Um, little tidbit there. And I was a fan of Heath Ledger beforehand, but even I was completely skeptical about him when they had announced that he was going to be playing the Joker. Because if you think about prior to that, he was only really in, um, you know, 10 Things I Hate About You, A Night's Tale, and I was like, yeah, I love him, but does he really have what it takes to be the Joker? Completely blew me away. I mean, the way they began that movie with the music and its tense and you just get the shot of the Joker mask, oh, just so freaking good. Like that whole movie had me on the edge of my seat the whole time and this whole diabolical game that the Joker had and just you you never knew really what you were gonna get with him. I mean he burned a whole huge stack of money just because and that scene between him and Two Face in the hospital was and Aaron Eckhart, by the way, did a wonderful job as um, Two faced Harvey Dent. I don't know if he gets enough credit for it, but he must, he should. He certainly should. And I like the realistic um, approach to why he, you know, became the way he was with the burn. And then obviously, as yeah, the Dark Knight rises, love Tom Hardy as vain in that. I mean, holy shit, like such a powerhouse. And Christopher Nolan specifically chose him because he knew that he was going to have a mask covering. Most of his face for the whole movie, and he needed an actor who could show the range of emotions with just his eyes. And by the way, that line that he says in the football stadium, where he says, What a lovely voice about the kid, completely ad lib. And yes, was the third one as strong as, say, The Dark Knight? No. But to me, I was completely satisfied with it as an ending to a fantastic trilogy. I loved the emotions with Alfred, the falling out between everything, um, and Hathaway's portrayal. She was another actress that when they said she was going to be Catwoman, I was like, no way. And as soon as she like completely turned on Bruce and that smile that she gives in the beginning of the movie, I was 100% sold. I think they all did an amazing job. Christopher Nolan is a freaking just genius with all of his movies, the way he constructs them. And maybe the pure comic book readers are not necessarily happy with it because Christopher Nolan did put – a more realistic spin. He didn't want anyone having superpowers. He didn't intend for any of that. He wanted it to be: these are humans, and this could really happen in real life. And to me, I like that. That's what drew me to it. I love this realistic approach. You're just getting dark and really just getting into people's psyche and what drives them. And you don't need powers to be a super villain. You can just be a person. And I just love that. Um, and, you know, I mean, again, was there, like, a whole lot? He he definitely played with things. Anne Hathaway, you know, uh, they played with it with her goggles, where it went up and looked like cat ears. And he didn't even really want to give Scarecrow the burlap sack at first. And, you know, David Goyer had to convince him to do it. So, yes, like, you know, there were little things that didn't stay true to comic books. But as an adaptation you know, they should feel free, these directors, to take creative liberties, similar to what Todd Phillips was doing with the Joker. And that may make people mad, but it's a movie. It's movies, and it's a adaptation. It's an iteration, and I'm completely fine with it. So, And I know that I rambled on forever, and I do apologize about that, but to me... There is no better, in like the geek world, there is no better trilogy than Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Trilogy. Christian Bale will forever be my Batman.
1: Yikes. Um, No, I I mean, (laughs) thank you all. (laughs) Look, before I pass it to you, Christian. uh, No, 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 seriously, seriously. Um, I do truly believe that Christopher Nolan um, is a brilliant director. And I think he did a brilliant job at directing these Batman films. But I think these Batman films were made for people who um, maybe weren't that tied down to the comics because it did not feel like Batman. Um, and me, admittedly, I have not read um, a lot of the, the Batman comics. I think I've read, like, a lot of the more mainstream ones. Um But a lot of my knowledge from Batman, or not knowledge, but my feelings about Batman, comes from Batman the Animated Series. And at no point in the trilogy did, and let me be specific, Christian Bale did an amazing job as Bruce Wayne. Um, The take on Batman, you could figure out who you want to put that blame on, Goyer, Nolan, Bale's portrayal, whatever. Um, But he was an amazing Bruce Wayne. Like, that's something I I don't even want to be debated. Um, But it just never felt like Batman. I don't know if it was the voice. I don't know if it was uh, just the vibe of him. Like, if you watch Batman the Animated Series, think about the most iconic thing from that show. It's in the it, it's in the theme song when you see him on the top of the building, and then it's crackling thunder, and you kind of see him as like a shadow. Like, that is what Batman is supposed to feel like. It's supposed to be scary, like, to any, any you know, of the villains that see him. They're supposed to kind of have that fear in them. And I kind of just felt like this Batman just maybe needed to be a little bigger. Um, the intimidation wasn't there. Um, and as far as my biggest issue of what you said you loved, Tia, which was the realism, my issue with that is it is a comic book movie. It should feel Like, perfect example, Watchmen was a comic book film. Not a superhero movie. A comic book film. But it's... Felt like it was a comic book like every every bit of that movie felt like you could pick up a comic and you're reading what you're watching um the dark knight never felt like that and there is a way to bridge doing a comic book movie that's realistic but feels like a comic counterpart i think superman i mean a man of steel specifically felt just like that it felt real you felt you felt uh you know Clark going through being different, going through wanting to be who he truly was, that didn't know how to come out to, to be who, who he truly uh, was meant to be. Like, there was a lot of realism in that movie. At the end of the day, it's a comic book movie. You felt that. The Dark Knight lacked that. Um, and my last point before I pass to you, Christian, is to me, anytime the movie is about the main character, but all anyone talks about is the surrounding characters, that to me is a problem. And I left the first movie feeling like Murphy was a standout. I left the second movie, feeling like Heath was a standout. I left the third, feeling like Bane was a standout. I not once left one of these Batman movies going, man, I really liked Batman. No, I just I, I didn't. I didn't. And Heath Ledger's Joker, to me the biggest issue with that with that character was there is a character to you in the comic of Batman's World called Anarchy. And that's exactly who Christopher Nolan gave us, just in a Joker persona. But Joker does not do things for the idea of anarchy. There is always a purpose behind it. Um, So I I didn't like the ideology of them changing. I didn't like the idea that it was makeup on his face, not his actual face. Uh, Go ahead.
2: And I don't mean to interrupt you because you didn't interrupt me. No, But, again... Going into the realism thing, I love the fact that they had it where it's just a guy with scars and you never really truly know, you know, how he got the scars. And going into the upcoming Joker movie, Todd Todd Phillips had a quote that I thought was perfect and could be applied to say he's Ledger's Joker. He said, you know, a person doesn't you know, fall into a vat of acid, and suddenly their face is all white, and they have a smile permanently on their face. Like, it's it's realistic, you know? And it wouldn't have made sense to have a different Joker in that type of setting. You know, maybe if they had started, say, with the Dark Knight, but they started with Batman Begin. so they established already what that was. You couldn't have had a Joker that was different than, you know, than so, what we were given. But the reason why it works for the Joker, for that
1: movie specifically, is because that movie is a standalone. There won't be a sequel. It won't probably bridge to anything else. It's allowed to be its own thing. When you're building continuity, the idea of, well, they're taking a more realistic approach of this or that. The idea is you're stripping it of being what it truly is, which is a comic book movie. It is a fantasy I don't need a hundred percent realism in something I can go outside and see. I know for a fact, I throw someone in acid, they're gonna die. They're not just gonna come out with a pale face. I know that, but you're supposed to give me suspended belief. And everything about that trilogy felt like I could go outside and legit see that. I didn't want that. I wanted my Batman film to feel um, like like a myth, to feel nostalgic, to feel. Uh, you know the essence of it being a comic book character it never did um, and, and to me I, it, I didn't necessarily need the Joker's face to always be 100% white but, I mean you could at least have it to where he's touching up the makeup or just something to where it just feels like it's the Joker I kind of felt like his performance was so freaking good we forget that 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 wasn't the Joker it just wasn't and I know a lot of people like well, then if you, if you feel that about Heath, you must not think Jared's uh, performance was, was a Joker. No, but that was. That whole look, that is a look of the Joker in the comics that has the huge dragon tattoo on his back, has a few other tattoos. That is a legit Joker. Um, now, David Ayer did take liberties of making him like a modern day uh, mafia boss, um, but to me, the essence of Joker felt like it was there, but we didn't get enough to really judge it. Heath's joker was more of a hybrid between what we know joker to be and then the character anarchy he just called anarchy like that's legit what he did so all in all i i did enjoy the trilogy for what it was i think it had great directing i think it had great acting i think the sequences were beautiful um i just think it just didn't feel like batman at the end of the day um so i mean who knows maybe matt reeves can give me the batman i've been looking for in a trilogy, and that is what I can kind of hang my hat on. But for now, I to you refuse to say that I have any Batman. Um, so in my lifetime, I have not had a Batman of my own because um, I don't count Christian Bale, and I can't count Ben because he never had a solo. So my only luck is for this poor kid to come out here and, and give us the best Batman I've ever seen. Um, so fingers crossed. For Poor when, Robert Pattinson.
2: For He's got Robert a lot Pattinson, against him.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, he does. Because if it's bad and i got to wait another 10, 15 years to get another Batman, I'll lose my mind. Um, Christian, um, before you go into your trilogy, did you want to respond um, at, at anything about The Dark Knight?
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's just so
3: much. <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> um i actually really enjoyed uh one and two um it was just the third one that kind of dropped for me i was a joker when i said I, I hated them i just figured no one was gonna say that they didn't like him but um my only beef with it was um just tom hardy's like sean connery-ish impression-ish you know of And it was just like, it was just really, it was really cringe for me. Plus, you know, that, that character, he's Latino, you know, he was, he's smart. He's from prison. And like, not, not was he just, not only was he just strong, but he was a great tactician. And I felt kind of robbed, you know, like, you know, ah, dude, like you couldn't have just made him Latin. You couldn't have made him Latin, dude. In a Latin prison instead of like a Middle Eastern, like prison. Uh, But yeah, I just, I couldn't get over the, the, the voice. It was just, I'm really shocked. Noah's like. My guy, really? That's that's the one you're gonna go with. Like, you want to try some others? Like, you want to try another character voice? Um, but that just really, really, really threw me off. But uh, I really liked Heath Ledger's Joker. I thought he was amazing. I don't know the character Anarchy, uh, Anarchy. So maybe you're right. I don't know, so I won't touch on that. Um, but I felt like he did have a purpose. Everything he did, like this thing was like everyone can turn at any moment. Like his whole purpose of turning a Two Face, you know, from being this. Golden attorney to like, look, I turned him into like this murdering bastard. Like, and he was your best guy, he was the best Gotham had to offer. Um, I felt like he did have purpose, but um, I don't know. I, I want to give actually T an opportunity to respond to Juan. I mean, because he said a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to take a chance to, to respond to him.
2: No, no. I mean, Joanne and I are always not going to see eye to eye with, you know, this and the things that I love about the trilogy or the things that he dislikes about the trilogy. But I will say to your point, Christian, and I was actually responding this in our Slack conversation, that they did have to actually enhance um, Bane's voice in other showings after people were complaining that they couldn't understand what Bane was saying at all, but and then Bane. another point that I wanted to say really quick is that I mean he was at least smarter than the other version of Bane that we've seen in the live action capacity.
3: <laughs> That's See, fair. That's a fair point. Here's
2: the thing. Here's the thing.
1: The only other Bane we saw was comic accurate. They just didn't give him a voice. Like how that Bane looked is exactly how Bane looks in the comics. He had the 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 pipes in his back that once he got pumped up, he was huge. He did have the background of being a wrestler. I do not know if the character was supposed to be um, in that movie, the Jerry Bruckheimer movie. I don't know if he was supposed to be Hispanic, but the look is exactly how Bane is supposed to look. The only reason I didn't have an issue with Tom Hardy, um, you know, the the whole voice thing was, I thought um, that uh, Nolan was going for, like, all right, cool, we can't realistically make this guy humongous. So what can we do that is scary enough to where when someone either sees them coming or hears them coming, they just tremble? And it's having a voice like that. Like, that is terrifying. Um, so, I mean, I kind of understood it. Um, I just didn't – I mean, I'll agree with you. That's why my biggest thing is Javier Bardem. Like, have him be uh, Matt Reeves' bank. Like, it would be perfect. You could even have him bulk up. You can have him get, you know, unrealistically huge. Um, but it should be something more, how can I say, diverse. Because the character is Hispanic. And you've they've done everything but make the character Hispanic in live action. The animated world, they get it. Um, but not in live action. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I kind of understood the voice. I am really shocked, Christian, that Bane's voice is where you drew the line. But you're okay. I <laughs> swear to me, I'm Batman. Swear to me, like that was just really oh. bad.
3: Like really, really really
1: bad.
3: It was, yeah. I got it. To me, Bane's was worse. <laughs> if I if I had to pick, wow. Um, <laughs>
1: go ahead, Christian. You you can go right into your um right into your trilogy pick.
3: So mine, Lord of the Rings, both books. And films, um, there's just so much. I, I won't go into super detail, like, I could probably talk about it for hours. Um, but the books, like, just gave us a whole new genre of of uh, fantasy. And I've always liked fantasy growing up, I've always loved mythology. And uh, I just didn't know that most of these books and movies all stemmed from this one story. Um, I mean, they even, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons stemmed out of Lord of the Rings. It's just so many, so many great things. Um, like, the movies themselves just – I I, I read the books when I was young, and I, when the movie was going to come out, I was like, no way. Like, there's no way they're going to be able to do it, and it just surpassed my expectation. Um, now, granted, they didn't give us everything I wanted. Like, I wanted anyone who's read the books, like, I wanted to see Tom Bombadil. I get why they didn't do it. It was going to be kind of silly to have this Santa Claus-ish kind of character just, like, who's been around forever. So I totally get why they didn't do it. Um, but the movie itself just made big names. Like, Andy Circus. like, I I don't, I, maybe I'm the only one, but I feel like no one really knew who Andy Circus was. But what he did with Gollum and his portrayal, like, just jump-started his career. Um, that's kind of what I noticed Sir Ian McKellen, you know, and he was awesome as Gandalf. Although I do wish, like, I've never seen a wizard who did less magic than that Gandalf. That's, like, one piece, <laughs> like, like, dude. You, you really, you really didn't, like, I was like, really? Like, with the Balrog scene, like, he could, like, he slammed his staff there, like, and then the bridge broke, I guess, like, <laughs> I guess he did that, <laughs> uh, um, there was just so much, I feel like everyone had forgot about, um, oh, I forget the actor's name, who played, uh, Sam, um, Sean Astin, and, like, he, he came back, like, it just brought back his career, um, And I've never had a movie that, so my background is illustration, and that movie just, I was just pouring out drawings after seeing it. Like I got so inspired of uh, wanting to recreate a whole bunch of stuff that I saw. I still get pumped when I see the cave troll scene in the first one, like when they're fighting, like the action on it was dope. The CG hasn't aged so well, you know, it was great for its time, but um, I love them. I love the books. I try try to read them at least once a year. You know, I'm not at Christopher Lee's level who plays Sauron. He used to read it twice a year, and he used to quote the lines. Um, he would correct people when they would say things wrong or if they got something wrong. Um, but there's just there's so much to love. I mean, I'm kind of curious, like, what you guys think, you know. Am I off? you guys hate it? What did you guys think about it?
1: Um, I did like the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy. Um, I preferred... I don't think was the Hobbit a trilogy, or did they only do two movies for the Hobbit?
3: No, they did three. I feel
1: like, they did three. Yeah, I remember the first one, uh, the journey, then Death Desolation of Smog or something. What was the third one?
3: Um, the th- no, the Desolation of Smog, I believe was third. Now you to have me look it up. All right, hold on.
1: <laughs> Why you look it up? Um, I will say my biggest issue with the original Lord of the Rings trilogy kind of felt like they, they were walking for three movies. And it tired. It, it got me really tired. I mean, maybe I'm remembering really? it
4: wrong.
3: But You're going to give me the like Kevin Smith they, were
1: they were Of
5: course, that's
1: exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> movies. I was just like, oh my good. And then when they found the tree that walks for him, I was like, more walking? There's wizards in this movie. Can't you teleport or something? It was really tiring. Um, but I do, I think the Lord of the Rings... Uh, original trilogy was some of the best fight sequences that um I remember, like, at that time. At that time, I thought that was some of the best uh, fantasy um, fighting that I had ever seen. Um, and I remember the game that came out for that. It, it was That game was so dope. doesn't get enough respect. That game was really, really, really good. Um, I really don't have anything really to say against it, mainly because I'm trying to remember a lot of it in my head as I to you. Um, but I, I did enjoy the Lord of the Rings original trilogy. Again, I think I do prefer the Hobbits trilogy that I didn't really know was a trilogy, so maybe I sound dumb. Uh, no, oh, no,
3: no, it is. I, so it's the Unexpected it's, Journey, the Desolation of Smaug, and the Battle of the Five Armies.
1: Ah, okay, Battle of the Five Armies, okay. Um, I, I did enjoy that a, a lot. I think maybe because it was newer and you know, a lot of the CG was you know updated from what they were able to do with the original Lord of the Rings. Um, but I did enjoy that a lot. I'll say this. I thought the original Lord of the Rings was so good. I thought Peter Jackson did it, right? I'm not mistaken. Peter, Peter Jackson, Jackson directed it. I Hell thought yeah, those Peter movies Jack. were. I thought those movies were so well done, especially visually. I remember I was one of the, the people that were like, Peter Jackson should direct Aquaman. And then, like, James, James Wan came in. and I was like, ah, no, never mind. Maybe something else. But I did think that, you know, Peter Jackson could have done, you know, spectacular things visually with um with Aquaman, but uh yeah, I, I personally, me, personally, I did enjoy it. Uh, it was just the walking. Like, talking about them walking is, is making me run
3: out of breath. Um, but, we can go around See, like,
1: and uh, go ahead.
3: I feel like that was a Kevin Smith inspired by the second Clerks. Like, I've never heard anyone say that. Clerks 2 came out, and then all of a sudden, everyone had that opinion. It's like, really? Like, that's not what I got from it at all. But, you know, Kevin Smith, is a very influential guy. You know, I'm not saying he influenced your your opinion, but I could understand if he did, you know, influence a lot of people after. But I may, maybe it was my blind love for the movies. I just I don't remember that much. I mean, there was some walking, but there was there's was a lot of storytelling, but um I don't know. I mean, after Kevin Smith said, I really I you know, or before Kevin Smith said, I really don't remember anyone saying that about the movies. And another thing um anyone who's watched the behind the scenes of the movies, like you can tell they had so much fun making the movies. Like you, they clearly like these actors like bonded while making the movie and, and it resonates in the film. And also shout out to the sound crew that worked on it. Like the sounds in the cave-ins in the first movie were amazing. Like that still holds today. The sound quality. I was watching it the other day and I was like, man, that is still, it gives me chills. Like just hearing the rocks falling. It's like, I'm, I'm curious to how they got these sounds because it just sounds so so real to me um but yeah i don't know it, it to me that the books and the movie like top for me and and i know i'm i'm sure someone's going to bring up star wars and that was a very close to me but uh i just feel the lord of the rings has inspired way more um than star wars has
4: Mmm.
1: oof oof that's oof that might be a discussion for another day that that's oof <laughs> I'd like to have that I'd like to have that uh that conversation. But I will say as far as what you you and C were saying about Kevin Smith, I didn't know that was such a hot take. I I I thought that was something you know, that was pretty common, like is a, a lot of walking. <laughs> like how Grand Theft Auto is a lot of driving.
2: It was a, it was a lot of walking, man. <laughs> like John, and again. Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. You don't even need to have a debate. You can just play that video clip from clerks too. Lord of the Rings versus Star Wars—it's all there, right for you.
1: <laughs> but I will say, I, I did not hear this hot take from from Kevin Smith. I hate I hate that it exists because now it sounds like I'm just yeah yeah you know yeah. I've never actually heard it. Um, I just remember when I when I went to go see these uh, Lord of the Ring movies with my stepdad. I kind of felt like they were super long. I didn't appreciate those movies until I got older. Um, but I remember at the time, I was just like, it's so long and so much walking. And I look over to my stepdad, and he's sleeping. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'm not the only one who feels this. Um, but, no, I, I still think now, me now, I really do appreciate those movies. Um, I wish I appreciated them then. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a great pick. And I don't think it's a pick that many would have picked, which is why I respect you making that pick. Um, I am curious, though. Um, Dom, uh, I want to start with you. You could either speak mm-hmm. to TIA's The Dark Knight trilogy, or you could speak to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, you know, what do you think about our first two picks uh, uh,
4: for um, best trilogies? Uh, I definitely, I, I like the Dark Knight trilogy. I did uh, the voice always kind of like you know Christian Bale's voice always kind of annoyed me. I didn't know why he was sound like he was trying to beat beatbox or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it did, the The Dark Knight Rises was a lot. Um, it was a different feeling for me because I remember going to see it, and I think I want to say it was right after the um, Aurora shooting, and so we went to go see it. Me and my buddies went to go see it, and everybody's on, you know, on edge, on high alert. You're kind of looking at everybody, that's walking inside the theater. And we were sitting towards the front, too. So everybody walked behind us. Everybody's, like, turning around. And then the movie is about this guy trying to, you know, cause terror in the city. So it it just hit different. So that movie was very – it was a lot better for me than possibly it might have been if that stuff hadn't happened. Um, And then Lord of the Rings, I remember the first one taking my – I asked my grandma to take me. And, you know, she – this is not her realm of movie going, so she – just sitting there, like, I think she fell asleep, actually. Um, but going to see, like, all the the three, like, Smeagol stands out. Uh, I was a big, like, Beowulf fan as a kid, and uh, Smeagol and, like, like the Gollum are very, like, similar to me in how their their characters um, act. Um, so, yeah, the, they're both – those are both really good picks.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it just <laughs> – I'm really impressed that not not more people or more people don't have an issue with Bale's Batman voice. It was just staggering how, how oh, that annoying man. that voice was. It was just, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Fear me. It's like, I, how can I fear you, man? Like, you sound so adorable. Like, I just don't pinch you teeth. <laughs> like, who sounds like that? Um, no, but, I mean, I, I will say um, for, for that voice, if you listen to Val's, if you listen to um, Michael Keaton's, you listen to George Clooney. George Clooney's, I will on the low. Before I pass it back to you, uh, to, um, actually, before I pass it to you, pal, to get your take on on both um, uh, both trilogies, I will say George Clooney's is the one that I hate the most, only because I'm like, all right, hold on, like George Clooney didn't even try. He sounded the same as Bruce Wayne that he did as Batman. Like he didn't even try to switch it up. It was literally just like, hey, I'm Batman. It was like, you sound just like Bruce Wayne, man. Like, I was really confused on how no one was like, you sound really familiar. Um, and, and Tia, don't don't ever disrespect Batflake, okay? His, his voice was the best, all right? And he didn't even need to try. Oh, That's how God. dope Batflake <laughs> like is, okay? Don't even bring that here, Tia. Um, no. Um, He's a mediocre no, actor. I, oh, my goodness, Tia. All right, Tia, Tia's gone from the show. Our phone went out. I don't know what happened. Um, pal, I'm gonna go to you. We got Lord of the Rings so far, and we have the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, you know, what do you think of those two uh, as our first two picks for best trilogy?
5: So, I will be completely transparent and say I still have not seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I feel so bad for admitting that. I know my husband gets on me all the time, and Neither I don't No, well, the thing is, I promise you, it is on my watch list. It's like, it's it's up there. The thing is, it's just one of those movies where you really do have to dedicate a lot of time to watch because they are so long. And it's not that I don't want to sit down and watch a long movie. I I, I don't mind that at all. It's just, like, I need to have uh, a time where I can sit down, not be interrupted, and take it all in because I know and have heard how great of a movie series it is. And so, like, I definitely want to take it seriously. It's just... Yeah, you know, life gets in the way, and I end up watching other stuff before Lord of the Rings. So I'm hoping that I will make it happen very, very soon. Um, So with that, I would have to say that, um, you know, when we were talking about the the show and the topics, the first trilogy that came to mind was actually the, the Dark Knight trilogy. I absolutely... 100% agree with everything that Theo was saying um my you know uh, and, and just girl. To get like yeah, yeah i mean just like get like i mean, not really personal but like i believe that um the dark knight that one movie i i know it's like a typical film bro thing to say, oh, yeah, that's, like, my favorite movie all, of all time, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. It's it's a very basic answer. But, like, for me, when I first watched that movie, I believe I was uh, 14 or 15 years old. Um, and, you know, like, I for, for one thing, I'm a girl, you know, watching this movie. Like, it's a very, like, testosterone, high testosterone movie, super action-y, super uh, comic booky superheroes, all that. Like, you know, it's something, like, it's, it's the perfect formula for a guy to watch. But, like, you know, for someone like me, you know, it's a little different. Um, And so, like, when I was watching this movie, and I believe it was the interrogation scene between uh, the Joker and Batman, Heath Ledger and um, and Christian Bale, I don't know what it was. But, like, I felt like for once I wasn't just watching a movie. Like, I was watching something really special here. And I realized that movies were so much more than just a form of entertainment. Like, it really just, like – takes you out, out like, it takes you out of this world and puts you in another, and I feel like I didn't really understand what that meant until I watched The Dark Knight, and after I finished watching it, I, you know, 15-year-old me, you know, going, like, I remember, like, you know, I actually um, was taking a, a, a class at my uh, my pastor's wife was teaching, and I told her, flat, you know, she was, like, wanting to know, uh, like, what the girls' favorite movies were, and all these girls were saying, like, these girly movies and blah, 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 and I was like, The Dark Knight! I love The Dark Knight! I love The Joker! And, like, you know, they saw all. Uh, I was, you know, just... I, they thought it was trouble I was like what what, what are you saying and honestly like Utila say, like I am not ashamed of that answer and it is still one of my favorite movies and I think that's the reason why it really made the trilogy for me because maybe the third movie can be a little decisive but like I do think that it keeps getting better and better with every movie and uh, yeah I still look at it with a lot of respect
1: yeah by, by no means do, do I you know think those movies were bad um, I, I don't I mean we've seen bad superhero movies or bad oh, yeah. comic book movies um, by no means do I think it's that I just don't think I that. I, I. don't think <laughs> from the superhero fan side of me or the comic book fan side of me She's all the flaws um, mm-hmm. but just from a movie standpoint I, I think they're great like I, I, I'll never say that they're bad movies um, like all my knocks about these movies are about character issues and how it's not you know uh, you know the same as their comic counterparts. Like th- those are my biggest issues. I never once them just like no, no it's a stupid movie, it's a bad movie. Like I hated the movie. No, because I'll never say that. I think they were great movies. I think if you've never read a Batman comic um, or you're not even that big of a Batman fan, it, you didn't you didn't truly understand what you might have been missing. You know, in in looking. For a, a proper Batman. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't argue with anyone who enjoyed it. I, I think they're good movies, too. I just, from a comic book standpoint, and someone who loves Batman, just never felt like Batman to me. Um, and it could be a me thing. I 100%, uh, you know, behind the idea of that. But um, that's usually my biggest thing. So, just so we can clear this now for anyone listening, I think they, those movies are really good movies. My issues come from the comic book stand inside of my head that is like, no, that's not it. And I will say, Christian, when you get a chance, um, it's called Beware the Batman. Um, the character Anarchy is used as heavily in that season as Joker usually used for Batman. Once you see Anarchy, you're got, the first thing you're going to say, because a lot of people said this when that cartoon came out, everyone was like, they're copying Joker. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's who anarchy is. So anytime you see Joker just causing anarchy, Joker is copying the idea of what anarchy truly is supposed to be. Um, So, I mean, that's just kind of where I got my disagreements about some of the character developments or or character tropes, I guess. Um, Those are my only issues. But um, all right. Sorry. Enough of that. Let's move on. Um, Pal, I'm actually going to go to you since you're the last person that I was just talking with. Um, What are you putting up? for uh, Best Trilogy?
5: So I feel like I'm just going to take all of us back to the 1990s because the movie that I am going to talk about is one that I'm sure, I hope, we've all have seen, we pretty much grew up with, and that is the Toy Story Trilogy. And I actually want to make sure that I can talk about just the first three movies of Toy Story and leave out Toy Story 4 because... We didn't really ask for that movie, and even though it ended up turning out to be a good movie, I I still like to see Toy Story uh, one through three as like it's you know the main franchise and the um the trilogy that I one of the trilogies I treasure the most, and um I guess I can start off by saying that um just, you know, we can go through each movie one by one, uh you know, with the first one being Toy Story, that movie in itself was um one of a kind. You know, it, it was not only the very first Pixar movie that started off the um, Pixar Animation series, but um, it was also the first computer animated film ever, full-length feature animated film ever, and that in itself, is a major, major milestone, and it ended up laying the foundation of um, the future of animated storytelling. I, it, but at the same time, I feel like it also just laid the foundation of the way that people might end up telling stories in movies, not just in animated form. Um, and, you know, this movie came out... Uh, I, I, next year, it would be 25 years since it came out. And it still holds, on, holds up strong to this day. Like, I actually um, re-watched all three uh, Toy Story movies before watching Toy Story 4 this summer, and I, you know, you you kind of forget that this movie is over 20 years old now, because it just really, really holds up strong, and um, I like how uh, the, the reason why I want to talk about this movie tonight is how it not it's not only a kid's movie, but it's also a series of a series of movies that even us as adults can still relate to this day. And um, I kind of wanted to like go through each of the movies and just like kind of bring up like the different lessons that um, that is talked about that we can absolutely apply to our lives today. And so um, with Toy Story, the first movie, obviously uh, there's a lot of talk about selfishness and jealousy and how detrimental that can be. And you know, looking at the main characters, woody and Buzz, like you you know that was interesting how they introduced that topic to uh you know an audience of kids and the way that they um kind of set up that uh, that lesson like it, it like it's just so it, they done it in a mature manner, and in a way like even like when I was watching that, it's like you know absolutely relatable like it's not they didn't really dumb it down for 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 the adults like it it's um very applicable. And definitely something that, you know, it makes me think. And with that, you know, also the importance of, like, friendship and loyalty, you know, with Woody and Andy. um, That's really why this whole franchise started, just the uh, the, how loyal Woody is to Andy. And, you know, that continues on Toy Story 2, where um, we kind of dwell more into the purpose of a toy. Is that, you know, to bring joy to a kid's life? Or are you just going to stay in a glass box for the rest of your life inside of a museum? Um, so, you know, it's kind of nice how, like, they kind of um, dwell in that area as well as talking about the importance of belonging to a family um, and, again, emphasizing the um, the mission of Woody. He honestly believes that he needs to be there for Andy no matter what. And, you know, a lot of us can see that in, um in all aspects of our lives, you know, whether that's with a parent, with a friend, with a dog, like, you, you know, like it's, you know, we, I, I feel like that's something that we, we can absolutely apply to our everyday lives. Um, and I think like the one thing that you can take away from Toy Story 2 is, you know, chasing after something that um, really fulfills you, even though it might scare you. Cause like in this movie we saw that, you know, uh, Woody really wants to be there for Andy, but at the same time, he is very, very scared that one day Andy is going to, you know, obviously Andy's going to grow up and he's going to leave him because he's not going to be playing with toys for that his life. And that is a very mature theme to be talking about in a kid's movie. And, um, you know, and this is like me um, looking at these movies now, today, as like a 25-year-old, you know, I you weren't, we, we weren't really paying attention to those kind of details when we were kids, but like looking back at it now, um, it's it's just really awesome how Pixar can talk about those kind of subjects in a kids movie and like still hit you with li- li- like a uh, like a brick wall, you know. And um, going to Toy Story three, I feel like that movie definitely plays around with the consequences that uh, Toy Story two Toy Story two talked about about um, you know chasing after Andy, even though the risk is he might leave you behind, and obviously that's what happened in Toy Story 3, spoiler alert, um, you know, we, we we dwell a lot in that, uh, but also we were introduced to a villain that was holding on to old grudges, and, you know, that's something that we all need to learn, that we, we need to let go of old grudges and not, um, and, and, and not let that be what defines us, you know, as well as um, obviously the main... The, the reason why Toy Story 3 is, is is so beloved and treasured by a lot of people is just the finale of that movie, learning to let go and uh, when to say goodbye, so that you can be a better version of yourself. Because obviously, if like uh, Woody were to stay with Andy, yeah, he would be with Andy and watch him, uh, get you know go to go through college, get married, maybe have kids of his own. But I mean, is he really gonna be living out uh, his his life to the full potential, or instead could he just say, be given to another kid and fulfill his mission that way. Um, obviously, we won't go into, like, what happened in Toy Story 4, but, you know, that you know, it's what, it's what I really appreciate about Toy Story 3 is, you know, just learning that it's okay to change, it's okay to say goodbye, it's okay to let go of things just so that you can grow as a person. And all three of these movies, like, you know, oh every single one of them ends up talking about change and how it's inevitable and that's okay. And we just need to learn to accept that. And that's just how life works. Um, as kids, you know, we really like to, and even as adults, we like to have control of things and when things end up going unexpected, we need to learn to not just complain about it. We need to like deal with it move on, um, see how we can become a better person out of that situation. Um, and also, one of the greatest things about these Toy Story movies is just how, like, every single movie, there's always some sort of rescue mission, you know. And it, that's always, like, the fun part about watching a Toy Story movie is just watching these toys just, like, end up saving someone or whatever. And I think, like, a good takeaway out of that is, you know, leave no toy behind. Or in this case, like, just leave no one behind. Uh, teamwork and using um, your skills to its full potential, because obviously every single one of these toys are different. They each have like their own special, unique thing about them, um, and they're able to provide that to the team to get uh, a mission accomplished. You know, um, and then like the last two things I wanted to bring up is just you know the, the phrases that you hear all the time in every single movie. You know, to infinity and beyond. It's not just a catchphrase that Buzz Lightyear says. Like I do believe that. What this movie wants us to do is, you know, just you know, reach for our dreams and dream big. Reach for the sky is something that Woody also says. That I feel like it's just the same thing. And I know I'm getting kind of cheesy here, but I feel like you know, it, it is such a special movie that um, even now, like I, like I'm looking forward to one day, uh, hopefully having kids someday, and I, and this is like uh, like movies I can also introduce to them and watch them grow up with. And um, lastly, you know we can't talk about uh toy story without bringing up, you got a friend in me, you know, out of, out of all these movies, I think like that's one of the biggest lessons that we can take away. And um, just realizing the importance of friendship and uh, you know, as the lyrics say, you know, as the years go by, our friendship will never die. And so no matter the circumstances, no matter what kind of mess you get yourself into, that will never change. So I'm going to step out of my soapbox <laughs> and, just leave it at that. Um, as you can tell, I really do
4: love Toy Story. Damn, I, I feel
3: like I never watched these movies. <laughs> these
4: blew my mind. Like, oh, I thought so I was fired after that.
1: So, I, I will I, I say notes, that. Um,
5: in case you guys didn't notice. <laughs>
1: no, nah, I, I will definitely say that. Uh, <laughs> the first thing I always, I always thought about when I got older, like watching the the first two Toy Stories is, like, that could never be my house. Like, my mom is super paranoid. She would go, do you hear someone talking? Like, I hear someone <laughs> talking. Like, I, I could have sworn I heard someone talking from your room. Like, those toys wouldn't have lasted, like, half an hour before my mom found out. Like, oh, these toys are alive and they're talking. I'm going to burn all of them. I don't do witchcraft in my house. That would have totally been the end of that, that movie for me. Um, But, no, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I honestly don't think a an animated franchise has a better trilogy than – um. Than Toy Story, really. I mean, I don't count the newer movies, one, because I haven't seen two of them. Um, so I, that's why I personally don't count them. Um, it has the best ending to a trilogy. Uh, well, mm-hmm. what should have been just the trilogy, but, uh, you know, yeah. money talks. <laughs> um, yep. But no, I, I, I thought those movies meant so much. Um, I mean, I even like the fact that people point out that the kid... Um, from the first movie, grew up to be the Punisher. Like, he had the skull on his shirt. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) Um, But so much about these movies were beautiful. And I I do honestly think it has the best trilogy in the animated world. I mean, some might try to throw Aladdin in there. I would argue the second one is not as strong as the third one. People tell me I'm crazy for even thinking the third one was good. Um, So, I mean, it's it's in a room of its own. Lion King had one great movie – then all of a sudden it was just like, wait a minute, Sima now has a daughter. We're going to ignore the fact that Timon and Pumbaa did Lion King one and a half. Then there was a, a second one or a third. That whole idea of those movies were confusing. Um, but I, I think this is a really great pick. I enjoyed all three of these Toy stories so much. I will, I will even say this. No one on this planet, outside of maybe Obama was Joe Biden, but I'd even, I'd even argue that. No one can find better loyalty than what Woody was trying to give Andy. And Andy didn't even realize the loyalty mm-hmm. that Woody had for him. Um, Woody was willing to die for Andy. All yep. for Andy to just go, I'm too old for these toys. Like, forget the fact that you guys have spent numerous times trying to, you know, defend yourselves for me without me knowing it. I'm going to get rid of you. I'm I'm, I'm tired of you. Um, So I will argue no one has better loyalty than Andy yeah. had with Woody. Um, but I'm going to pass this around. Christian, uh, you say you feel like you don't even know these movies anymore. <laughs> um, I, I personally, from after Pal was saying that, I personally wanted to get these movies an Oscar. I'm like, I'm remembering the movies in my head, and I'm like, these are really good movies. Like, I don't think I can really remember an animated movie that really just made you feel more. Than this trilogy has. I mean, again, you could argue Lion King, but it only had one movie. This has been able to do it over the span of I think five now. Um, but three of the ones we're talking about. Um, but Christian, what do you think about Toy Story as uh, one of the options for best trilogy? I
3: don't know. I mean, they were definitely good. I I just I feel like, damn, I didn't take a. I didn't. I guess I didn't study this film as much as I should have. I need to go back and just rewatch these and see all these life lessons that I missed out. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I, I really did. I really did enjoy. It. So, uh, so, animated toys. I got kind of like a love hate relationship because like I saw Chucky as a child and that, like, really messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> so, like. Like and you know, kind of like Juwan, like your mom, like if she would have kind of heard a, a toy talking, my mom the same way, like brujería she would have grabbed it and just like burned them, you know, like so, <laughs> like maybe you know, I I got a biased opinion because of my past, I guess, um, but no, they were they were definitely um entertaining. I I definitely did love Tom Hanks' takes on Woody, and um, I loved um in the first one how petty he was, and particularly with Buzz Lightyear, like nah man, nah son, I'm the favorite one. I like and he's trying to get rid of them. I thought I thought that was hilarious. Um, I thought that would have been cool if it played up more, but I get it. You know, they had to unite to be buddies. Um, but no, def- definitely enjoy I definitely definitely enjoyed them. I'm definitely gonna go back and rewatch them to get <laughs> to see everything I missed. Um, but no, I would say it's a, it's a solid pick.
5: I did my job right then.
3: <laughs>
5: yeah, no, I'm-, I'm
1: definitely gonna rewatch it again. I actually have two of them recorded, so I can actually go back and watch uh two of them. But like I said, I. I think this is easily the best trilogy in animated um, movie history. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't even think that's really up for debate. I mean, depending on if we have to wait 20 years to get Incredibles 3, I think maybe that could work <laughs> its way into the conversation. Um, but as of now, Toy Story easily holds that crown. Well, um, and I feel if like, want...
5: if, if, it, if anything, um, uh, even though I'm not as attached to it, as some people are, like say like my husband, um, How to Train Your Dragon I also hear is, like, very up there when it comes to animated trilogies. Um, arguably, you could say Kung Fu Panda, um, but, yeah, or, or, you know, say, like, the Shrek movies, but, again, like, it kind of went downhill at, in my opinion after the second movie. But, yeah, like, I really think when you're looking at um, animated movies, I, you just can't top Toy Story. I don't think you can. No. I mean,
1: no, not at all. Um, Dom, uh, I haven't heard from you in a while, man. What do you think about the
4: Toy Story trilogy? Uh, man, it, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, I don't think you can. Um, I'm kind of the same way as Christian. You know, I grew up watching... Well, it's hard to say grew, grew up, because when Chucky came out, or uh, when I saw it, I was probably like five or six, and then when Toy Story came out, I was seven, and I was definitely the kid who took an action figure or some kind of doll stuffed animal thing everywhere I went, so I had the same kind of mixed emotions that I remember having a, had a clown doll that, and this is no joke, I would leave it somewhere in at night, and I'd wake up in the morning and be in a completely different spot. My mom threw it away because we didn't know what was going on. Um, <laughs> I believe you, boy. by the way. Before we move
3: forward, I believe you that that little thing moved. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but yeah like toy story it was definitely that movie uh at that age that i rewatched over and over and over and then to get a sequel was only better and uh toy story 3 was probably one of the first as like an older i guess i think i was a teen, I guess i was a teenager and it was one of the first animated films that like kind of got me choked up a little bit and i was like hold on man i'm play football. I ain't supposed to cry. This ain't, this ain't right. Uh, But yeah, you, you, you can't argue against the Toy Story trilogy, man. It's it's too good.
1: Yeah, I I definitely had that moment. Well, first of all, when I went to go see Toy Story 3, I really um, felt uncomfortable. I was literally the only um, like adult without a child in that entire theater, (laughs) like the theater was packed. So I was already trying to like, you know, they kind of to myself not seem any more weird than I I felt I was at the moment but yeah I 100% was crying like the rest of the kids didn't know what they were saying and I'm like <laughs> what, what is wrong with you are, are you are you heartless why is no one else crying um but that movie definitely I think is the only I, I'm trying to remember because Lion King I think came out I was maybe three or four when Lion King came out so like by the time I saw it I don't Think I was that invested enough to cry. I think I cried more as an adult than I did as, as a child. But Toy Story three, cool. Wow, that was a dark hour and a half uh, after after leaving <laughs> that movie that I just cried and was like, need time to myself. I need to reflect. Um, but yeah, no, that was oof, wow. Um, see, I'm gonna pass you before I start crying again. Um, here's fun toy Story. <laughs> Up there is one of the best trilogies.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, not to echo Dom's words, but it's hard to argue against that. I mean, first of all, if we think about it, the first one, and I love Christian saying that he loved how petty um, Woody was, because he, he definitely was. I loved uh, Buzz not realizing he was a toy at first. That was just <laughs> great. Um, and, and the first one was super dark with Sid and the creepy freaking baby head on the spider legs or whatever. Yeah. And then, and those, you know, the toys, um, the claw. I mean, it's just so iconic, you know, and meeting Jesse and all those characters in the second one. I will say um, the third one is not my favorite only because, only because two reasons. Um, super freaking dark. I really thought that I was going to sit there in a movie theater full of children and watch a bunch of toys get incinerated. I was like, oh, my God, is this happening? When they all stopped and they went to go hold each other's hands, like the acceptance, and I was like, whoa, whoa, what is going on right now? Um, And I actually hated seeing Andy give up the toys. I was like, no, you are Andy's toys. I don't know who this Bonnie girl is. We're Andy's toys. So um, that's the only reason why I guess I would say that the third one isn't my favorite, just because it like really hit me in the feels.
3: Yeah, I mean, just want to say there was a sick dumb. part of me that kind of wanted to see them burn. <laughs> <But> just, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I was curious.
1: But only. I remember a lot actually, now. like, Do it, Disney.
3: Do it, like do it, go for it, go dark, and um, but not not like you know oh, I hate these guys. It's just like it's like it was just more like, are they going to really do it? It'd be really that's dope if they all. did it. Be terrible at the same time,
1: I mean honestly, I would have been fine if we had a two faced situation to where like one of the toys' faces kind of got a little burned and like they kept it like that, you know, just a little bit of consequences like you know just a little something. I do want to ask this one question to you, pal. um I had this argument with my siblings numerous times, and i think I'm starting to think I'm wrong, and I'm really hoping they don't listen to this because I don't need to- t- I don't need them telling me I'm wrong
3: they don't <laughs> Was trust
1: Woody? Me. <laughs> I hope not. Was Woody ever dating um that female cowboy?
5: Oh, no. No. No, he's all no? about Bo Peep. Yeah, no. Woody is with Bo Peep. Jesse's with Buzz.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. They could not have
5: two
1: Time cow out. people together. Time out. Time out. Because I'll throw <laughs> my whole childhood <laughs> oh, in the
5: garbage. You're let, telling let me Jesse
4: <laughs> was with Buzz?
5: Yeah. So okay, yeah. here. Let Aww. me let me let me see if I can bring some light <laughs> to the subject. So, okay, uh both, you know, obviously Jesse was introduced in Toy Story 2. So in Toy the first Toy Story, you see Buzz and Bo Peep flirting a lot, but obviously because they are, they are toys, it doesn't really go further than that. Like they just flirt around and it's not just Woody, but it's also Bo Peep to to um uh, to Woody. And, you know, at the end of the movie, there was that mistletoe scene where, you know, Woody's looking up, and out, starts kissing on him. And uh, the next time we see Woody, he has kiss marks all over his face. And uh, Jesse and Buzz um, at the very end of Toy Story 2, um, all the toys are together, playing around. And um, I believe Jesse was helping um, the dog gets outside of the room, and so she did, like, this neat little trick on Hot Wheels and just open up the door. Pretty cool. And, but, I he liked it. And so it, his wings turned on. And so that kind of gave you a giveaway <laughs> that he might have some feelings for her. And he was actually stuttering a lot when he was trying to have a conversation with her. And in Toy Story 3, you kind of see that relationship, you know, sparked some more, especially with the Spanish Buzz. I can't believe you forgot about that part. Um, and and then and then you know, Toy Story Three started off with um, you know us realizing that a lot of the toys were either given away or whatever. And Bo Peep was one of them. And you see this sad face on Woody. Uh, you know, Woody had such a sad face when Bo Peep's name was mentioned. And you know, it it, it you can't deny that they had something going on.
3: Hello. Is everyone else gone? <laughs> I'm, no. here. Oh, I'm here. Oh,
1: wait. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I had myself on mute. I apologize. Was, I was really upset. Was, I was like, <laughs> did you I really set a up shot. a good argument for you? <laughs> I was, no, no. no I shot. was punching the air the entire time you were talking. Um, I, I have to throw my entire childhood in the garbage. I've been fighting for the idea that Woody was with Jesse on. I don't even want to talk about it anymore, Dom. I'm gonna go to you before I I end this show. Um, what are you putting up as your best trilogy?
4: Oh, so it's hard to follow Toy Story. Um, mine isn't gonna be as uh, deep <laughs> as the others, but I do feel like this uh, this trilogy revamped, uh, and revitalized the slasher film franchise and had an original character that is now part of like, you know, the part of the Mount Rushmore of, of, uh, horror villains and this Mount Rushmore is going to have more than the four, but the screen franchise, um, And it's kind of funny that, you know, this franchise started the year after Toy Story came out, so I guess they had to keep some balance uh, in the the movie industry with this super nice movie with some some stabbing and whatnot. Um, But so the screen franchise, first off, it's Wes Craven. So you already kind of knew it was going to be good, even if you hadn't watched it, you you can assume. Um, And then, like, they started off with, like, the whole franchise had like some of like the 90s most memorable and biggest names, you know, they had Nev Campbell, um, Courtney Cox, and Drew Barrymore, Matthew Lillard, David Arquette, Rose McGowan, Jamie Kennedy, um, and I, I'm gonna butcher his name because I can never never remember how to pronounce it. But is it is it Live Schreiber or is it Shriver? Lee Schreiber? Uh, Lee Schreiber. Lee Schreiber. Okay. Lee Schreiber. Yeah. 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 Henry Winkler and who else? Sarah Michelle Geller and Jada Pinkett mean The list goes on. It's like everybody from the 90s, and this is like the first and last movie for, or horror franchise that you really see like the biggest names in it. Now you get like the people. You might get one big name, and then the rest of them are people that you've never seen before. Um, but it was it was set up perfectly to where you know you have like you know your kind of classic. Um, I wouldn't even say classic now because they kind of invented this classic, but, um, you know, you have your small town and um, killer calls, you know, starts off very slow, killing, it seems very random, and then you kind of figure out that this killer is obsessed with this one girl and her family in in Sydney, and she she, what she thinks she knows about, you know, her mother's, rape and and, uh, murder is she's questioning that it's all a lie. And then um, come to find out that it's her, her boyfriend and his best friend, because uh, her mother was stepping out on her dad and sleeping with his dad, which ruined his family and made him mad. And he wanted, you know, his best friend to be the fall guy in case things went wrong. And then you have the second one where it's, you know, uh and, and in the first one you have Jimmy Kennedy's character who's kinda giving you all the horror movie tropes of what to do and what not to do. So you have like, you know, this movie going on and he's telling you exactly what not to do and people are ignoring what he's saying even though he knows all he has the the lexicon of horror films in his memory. And then the second one where they're in college and film class and talk it's kinda similar. They're talking about you know how? What are the best movies, and how these movies are are set up? And these new guys are obsessed with the, her story, so they want to be they want to copycat the whole thing, along with the first guy's Billy's mother being uh, orchestrating the whole thing. And and the third one, I mean, you have like I think Carrie Fisher was even in the third one, and the third one kind of brought it all together where it's. Sydney's brother, uh, he orchestrated the whole first movie because he tried to re- He got he was adopted, and ends up uh, contacting his mother who had a stage name because she was an actress. She's like, "You were in my past life. This is my new life. I don't want you." Essentially, and he gets pissed off that Sydney's living this great life and has all this notoriety, and now he's a film director, and he's filming the sequel of the movie that they made after the killings called Stab. And just just to kinda um it just kinda brought something to the horror slasher film genre that wasn't around. Uh, I mean, we've seen so many I mean we had Scary Movie it was you know, they did their little spoof movie off of like Stream and the other horror movies and you know, the whole, uh, they created a whole pop culture slang with, you know, um, the, uh, what's your favorite scary movie. And they, they, Wes Craven created something that like is always copycatting now. Like any movie that comes out, that's any kind of guy with a mask on usually resembles more of a scream than anything else. And nothing past scream, uh, besides, uh, you know, the puppet from Jigsaw. Nothing's really stuck as this this, this horror villain is going to be one of the villains, and I, I feel like Ghostface is uh, one of the last ones, uh, or was the last one. And I'm not going to really count, you know, I'm not going to talk about the fourth one because, like, kind of like Toy Story 4, no one asked for a screen for, and they didn't really need to do it. And it was way late, I think 11 years later. Um, and now I, I hear that um, Blumhouse is trying to re uh, reboot the franchise. I don't know why, but I think it's, I mean, clearly the ones that they want to reboot is because those franchises at one time were so big. So that kind of speaks to how big uh, the screen franchise is.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, b- before I go into my take on on uh the Scream movies, I want to pass it to um Christian. The uh before you head out, your thoughts on um Scream making it to making it in as one of the best trilogies.
3: Oh, well, I'm I I love horror. I'm a huge horror fan. That's a solid pick and I do agree. Um it definitely re- brought back a resurgence of horror. Um and yeah, everyone recognizes uh, the ghost face mask. Like who who doesn't? I feel like people who haven't even seen the movie would know from the like, you know, from either um scary movie that the Wayne's brothers did or just from other scenes, like yeah, it's super, super iconic. That's a solid, solid pick. Um yeah, that was that that's a great pick, man. <laughs> I can't say like that that's a good one. A little mad at myself, I didn't think about it.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you um did you wanna add any uh did you wanna plug anything else before you uh before you go,
3: Christian? Yeah, uh, as always, check out the podcast, nerds with friends, um, podcast.com, um, at Twitter, nerds with friend, no S. Uh, we have a new episode where we, uh, if people wanted to upgrade their nerd game, we had some ideas on uh, possible technologies you guys want to upgrade. And um, yeah, check it out. And it's always awesome being on here. Great picks. I'm going to go rewatch Toy Story, and, <laughs> and uh, I'll have a new take on life. Absolutely.
1: Yay. Thank you again, Christian. And make yep. sure you guys check them out with Nerds with, with Friends. Make sure you guys check them out everywhere. It's on our channel, their channel. There's no excuse. Check them out. Uh, thank you for joining us again,
3: Christian. Yep. Have a good night, guys. You too. Um,
1: it's weird, Dom. Um, like, for Scream for me, you know what I find so funny about trying to remember uh, how I felt about screen? Scream? Scream... I don't think Scream One and Two were pretty early. Scary Movie was around very early two thousands. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that is what I remember more than I remember Scream. I remember that first scary movie. <laughs> uh, that? like I remember all that. Flash that to cut a whole Like I remember all of that. Um, and I think that is what made me want to go back and watch Scream, only to realize like, oh, this character is nothing like what they did in Scary Movies. Right. Um, but, no, I, I I, mean, I'm completely with you. I, I, I want to say I was not super young, but I was young when that first screen came out. Um, so I'm not going to talk like, yeah, I remember when it came out. It was it. No, I, I don't. I'd be lying to you. But um, I do know it, it is a very, very, very good, um, solid um, set of movies. I, I don't really count anything past three. I really don't with Saw either. Maybe 4 is where I kind of cut the cord on Saw. Um, Most scary movies go well beyond their prime. I mean, we had Jason do a movie where he put two chicks in a sleeping bag and killed them with each other. So we've gone beyond what we've needed in horror movies. But no, I really thought those were really good movies. Um, I tell you this, Scream made it really scary to pick up the phone. Like once you started to get phones that like, Showed you who was calling and you didn't know who that number was and you went to go pick it up. It was, I tell you this, there was never a better time to do pranks than when I Know What You Did Last Summer came out and when Scream mm-hmm. came out. Because um, those movies, you could prank someone with a note, you could prank someone with a phone call. Now it's like, you try to prank someone, they're like, dude, I, <laughs> I see your name on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see you're calling me. So, But no, I I remember those times, uh, that was the best time to prank people. So I definitely give a lot to Scream. I can't really remember the second and the third all that well, but I definitely remember the first one very well. Um, But, Pal, I'm actually going to pass it over to you because I know you're not the biggest horror movie fan, but I am really curious if you've you've seen any of the Screams.
5: If I've ever seen any of the what?
1: The screen movie,
5: I haven't, but um that said, you know it's obviously you see you see it in pop culture multiple times, and so you were saying the what's that like I definitely remember that as a kid, and actually when i when I was younger, I actually thought I was supposed to be. It, I thought it was supposed to be, you know, more of a comedy than anything else. And I think it was the scary movies that came after that, that, um, I I confused the two. So I was very, um, I wasn't sure if it was actually supposed to be a scary movie or if it was, just kind of, it was supposed to be more like a, like a, um, joking kind of movie. But, um, I, yeah, I, even though it was, um, it's an older series, I still don't think I could, um, for I, I think i can force myself to watch them to be honest um just because i mean you, you know uh you know you guys are kind of bringing up the the subject about you know answering the phone and um and i mean to be honest i'm also the kind of person i've never been a big fan of um villains or bad guys or whatever that wear scary masks like that and i yes i am 25 and i still am scared of masks like that and if anyone were to you know, pop out of the corner of a room or anything wearing a scary mask like that, I, I will be absolutely terrified. So it's, I think that's another reason why I avoid the Scream movies because the, um, yeah, the mask, it, it, it's very simple. It's, it doesn't take a lot to, you know, to just give you nightmares, you know, um, but I mean, I think it, I, I remember watching, I did watch a Scream movie, like the, the the one that's more of a parody of of scary movies and um i don't know i i i think as a kid watching that i i really <laughs> i really wasn't able to um I, I fully understand what was going on because i was like wait this is a joke i i don't think i've ever seen a parody film before that so i didn't i obviously like didn't get the joke like <laughs> i thought it was yeah so um i i i have to say that um I, I do appreciate the, the how relevant how re- relevant it is even to this day and how I still see it pop up every now and then on you know d- different pop culture feeds and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I don't think I could. I, I don't think I could sit down and watch it.
1: No, I will say what you were saying about still seeing masks. My biggest issue is during Halloween. It's not really adults really that bother me. It's when they dress up their kids, like when. Saw 2 came out. A lot of weird parents were dressing (laughs) their kids up as Jigsaw. And I remember telling a friend of mine who was dressing his daughter up, I was like, listen, your daughter comes to my house. If I open the door and look down and see her on a little tricycle, I'm punting her. Easy 50 yards. Like, I I don't play those kind of games. Like, that's terrifying to me. (laughs)
2: Because it's like there's
1: there's a right height for you not to initially see them coming, but it's like when you look down, it, it's like your soul jumps out of your body.
2: So I tell everyone, uh-huh.
1: don't let your kids come here dressed as something scary. I easily punt them right off of my <laughs> right off of my porch and feel not bad about it at all. I'm um, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think the funniest thing about uh, scream and, and scary movie is is because I I want to say Dom. Do you know what year the first scream came out? If, if you don't, don't worry about it. Um, it's the ninety six. 96. So I was born in 93. So I was very obviously very young. So I think by the time I got old enough to watch any movies like that, I think Scary Movie was the first time I actually got to Uh. see that guy. So seeing that, I'm like, this is really funny. And then I'm like, I'm going to go watch the movie that this is spoofing from. And then I watched and I was like, oh, this is a lot of killing. This isn't funny at all. (laughs) This is terrifying. So, I think for a lot of us, scary movie might have been the first thing we saw, and then from that, we saw Scream, and it was like, oh, yikes. Um, But I will say, as far as what you're saying, uh, pal, the first kind of like spoof movie, the original spoof movie is called Airplane, Um, and Airplane is easily the greatest spoof movie to ever be made. Um, Watch that movie, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Airplane 2... Not really. It was kind of like, all right, too silly. But that first Airplane, solid. And still to this day. Yes. And I don't even know what Airplane is spoofing. And that is still the funniest spoof movie I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I still to this day don't know. Um, But that is easily the funniest. Because it's literally every line is a joke. And if you're not quick, you don't pick up on what the joke is. Um, but Scary Movie, I, I thought the Wayans Brothers easily redefined comedy with the idea of doing spoofs. Because we remember late in the 90s or early in the 90s into the 2000s, Saturday Night Live would do spoofs. Like um, Saturday Night Live and uh, MAD TV would do like music video spoofs. Um, we didn't really see like a movie about a spoof, especially about a franchise that was the big as screen. Um, so, I mean, Airplane is what I would suggest to you, pal. It's on Netflix, actually. Um, watch that for episode. put it's on playing. the list. Classic. Yeah. It is classic. Um, Batia, I'm going to go to you. What do you think about Scream making it on the best trilogy list?
2: So I have two comments uh, before I head into the Scream discussion. First, actually, question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is this, isn't Airplane the one where it's like, Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley.
4: Yep. Isn't that Yes, it, it is. Okay. Yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie.
2: <laughs> Airplane is great. I am going to argue a little, though, and say that, um, yes, it's a spoof movie, but if we're talking about parody movies, Actually, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which came out in 1975, Airplane came out in 1980, uh, was completely constructed to be a parody of horror movies from back in the day, Frankenstein, Dracula, yada, yada, yada. Mm. So just throwing that out there really quick, but... um, I've only seen the first screen movie, and I agree. Wes Craven is the master of horror. As you guys know, I'm sure I've said this plenty of times before, I love all of the Freddy Krueger movies. So Wes Craven, anything that he had his name attached to was going to be awesome. And I loved that the movie was like a commentary in on itself of other scary movies. How, okay, well, you don't do this, you don't do that, but then they're doing it. And now that you said it, Dom, and I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, a lot of freaking names from the 90s was in this freaking movie. Um, and it was terrifying. I mean, the screen guy, to me, I think, was like one of the most well-known um, masked horror individuals. And just, it was frightening how you, you never really saw him, and he's just freaking stabbing people, and it was horrible, and it was terrifying. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, is it that movie or another one in the trilogy where you you find out, like, the reveal of David Arquette or something?
4: I know he was uh, he, oh, in the the first one, I know that they suspected him to be uh, the killer but it come to find out it wasn't him okay
1: yeah i thought, yeah. I, I thought he was i thought he was revealed in scary movie A, again this is why i said i hated that by the time i was yeah, getting them
4: confused <laughs>
1: oh yeah, yeah i think and, in and scary, scary movie, movie, yeah.
4: Scary movie was, yeah i think
1: scary movie was when he was revealed to be the actual killer because you literally didn't yeah. see it coming because they made his character
4: seem so dumb um yeah, it was supposed like, to be like no that no way that guy it was yeah. a play on uh the usual suspects yeah right right so i think i think
1: that's the one you're thinking of tia with david arquette yeah. was um okay. was revealed to be the the big bad
2: Okay, but I still regardless loved and scream, what you found out at the end with the two guys and how it was like them who constructed everything. I mean, it really was like a turn point in horror movie and how you can kind of incorporate a little bit of humor with it and it almost made it more terrifying because in one moment you're kind of laughing and you're getting that almost a feeling where oh this is kind of a comedy and then no oh, people are getting killed blood is being shown it is absolutely terrifying and as you said Juan it makes you a little frightened to answer the phone um, yeah and, <laughs> <laughs> so you know to me I think that absolutely Scream deserves to be on a list of best trilogies because we've had so many um, iconic horror movies out there. But if you want to talk about one that literally was a turning point in the way horror movies were done after that, then, yeah, you have um, Scream. Because first of all, also, if you think about it, um, kind of excluding Freddy Krueger, which is crazy for me to even say. But you had Michael and you had Jason Voorhees, who kind of all... You know, walked very slowly towards their victims, and the guy from screen just freaking like sprinted chase. I mean, he had the you know cognitive uh, reasoning to you know really chase you, and it was just it was terrifying. So to me, I think that, and obviously like the mask isn't even that scary, but because of what he could do, and it's like uh, hello, Sydney, blah blah blah. Very cannibal Lecter actually now that I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's a great pick, and I'm glad that someone actually put a horror movie trilogy on this because there are some really great horror movies, especially from the 80s and the 90s. Nowadays, uh, I'm not really into the horror that comes out these days, but as far as, like, the old slasher flick, sorry, classic.
1: I will say to you, you know what I was watching the other day, and I was, I was thinking of you? I was watching Freddy vs. Jason. I was like, this is yes. such a classic.
4: This <laughs> is <a> such a <laughs> <enough> classic
1: <laughs> movie.
0: I not what easily. about that.
1: <laughs> I am right with you, Thea. I, I don't care. You could say whatever you want. It will never change the fact that I think that movie is a classic. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I could watch that movie anytime it's on. Um, yep. But, yeah, I mean, again, I think through time, through uh, Jason's history, they've you know kind of made him OP. I mean, the idea that the girl was in a bed and he was able to like squish the bed, I was kind of like, all right, hold on, this is uh, all right, relax, like, <laughs> come on now. Oh yeah, um, that I, was crazy. I, I will say to you, the idea I always hated in horror movies how like the person would be running and like Jason or someone would be walking and they still catch up. It's like, where did you run? <laughs> did you run right? in like, a
2: circle? <laughs> like, how did he
1: catch you? He didn't even run that long. That that to me was always stupid. I always hated that. I'm like, come on. Like, you've been here before. Like, you should know that where you're running. I don't care that it's at night. Know where you're running. I do you run in a complete circle and just end up right with him. It's, it's stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, Scream does definitely deserve to be on the list. I actually, Dom, what I think I'm going to do tonight is watch the show. I did hear a few good things about the show. Um, have you seen the show at all, Dom?
4: I think I've watched maybe like one episode. It's on MTV, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've watched like one episode, and MTV. I don't really go towards that much, so I never watched anything past the one episode I saw. But it was the one I saw. It was pretty decent, though. I will make a recommendation to UT and Dom,
1: pal. I, you probably wouldn't wouldn't uh, want to watch it, but on Netflix, it's a show called Slasher that I think is very underrated, does not get talked about by anybody. It is <laughs> just such a, na- a good show.
5: <laughs> um, this one that makes me want to say, nope. <laughs> 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 um, but
1: Tia and Dom, I would challenge you guys to watch it as, as fans of horror and, like, just slasher films. Um, it's really, really, really good. Um, and I would finally love to be able to review it with somebody, but no one wants to watch Slasher with me. So maybe one day, if you guys do, we can review it sometime. But if you love Scream sure. Dom, I think you'll really like Slasher. So give nice. Slasher a try. You know, yeah, let me know when you do give it a try. Um, and you know what? You know what I'll do? Because I refuse to watch it, especially because people said it's terrifying. That Haunting on House Hill or Hill House Haunting, whatever.
4: Oh, I, yeah. I, I heard
1: that Hell was House. good. i, mean, yeah, I good. never oh, watched fine. It. I talked to somebody who loves horror movies. It was like, yo, I had to watch it with somebody. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you had to watch it with somebody? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm never watching this. Like, ever. Not <laughs> even during the day. Never. Um, So if you guys watch Slashers, I'll watch that. Um, you so know we can... How- we can
2: do you know where I had that exact reaction? It was one of the Halloween movies. It was back when I lived with my parents, and like my room was like on the complete opposite end of like the where the bathroom was. And my parents mm. shut off every single light at night. And for some reason, watching that movie, the like the Dennis, the 10 terrified yeah. the shit out of I was so to, to just go to the bathroom. I like sprinted.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that that's terrifying. So horror movies, oof. It's very few that just terrify me. When I was young, you guys want to know the horror movie that kept me up every night? Like, I, I, I couldn't watch that movie. It's not even what you think it's going to be. It legit was Leprechaun. Especially, specifically, <laughs> Leprechaun in the Hood. That movie was so terrifying.
2: It was the first <laughs> Leprechaun
1: with Jennifer Aniston where he put his pinky through the phone and it was, like, tickling her ear. Oh, oof. I can't even sleep tonight. I know it. Uh, Let's move on. (laughs) I'm going to go to my pick. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm getting goosebumps. Um, I'm putting up there the OG, the GOAT, the, the, I guess, the crowning champion of movies, and that is the Godfather. And I don't even really need to go that much into it. I think we all understand why Godfather is number one on this list, if we were making a list. Um, This is the best written movie, directed movie, acting, um, top to bottom, and it defined. Like, to me, I didn't even notice, and and if this offends anybody, I am truly sorry. I heard for the first time someone said calling someone Fredo is offensive. And I was just like, whoa, what? I've been been calling people Fredo for forever. (laughs) Somebody I don't like, I call my own brother Fredo. Like, you're the one in the group (laughs) you don't really like. Like, like if mom wasn't here, I would get rid of you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know that was a knock on someone. I thought it was just like a joke. But um, so many defining dialogues came from the Godfather trilogy. One of them being, nothing happens to Fredo as long as mom is alive. Like, I love that line so much because everyone has that one sibling that you're kind of like, yo, mom wasn't in the house right now. I'd probably lock you in your room and just leave you there, you know? <laughs> so, like, I, I love that. And then I love what what the character went through when you saw him going to the middle of the, the the lake with Fredo. You're like, ah, he's about to die. Like, that, he's not about to make it. Um, it was just so many great things about Godfather. And I will say this. No movie. I don't care what anyone says. No movie has a better opening than the first Godfather, where he gives the famous dialogue of you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding, and you ask for me to give you a favor. I love that. (laughs) Nothing will ever beat it. He's stroking the cat. Cats weren't even something that that powerful men would stroke. It would always be like a, a huge dog or something. He made stroking cats cool, like, Nothing will beat this movie. And I will say to anyone who's like, but the third one wasn't that strong. The third one is probably better than the first one of any other trilogy. So I will argue that this is hand down the best trilogy ever made. I'm going with Godfather. As much as I honestly, because I was fighting. That's why I let everyone else go first and I was going to go last. I legit was going to say Captain America. Even though Captain America only has two movies, that third movie was Avengers. Um, but that trilogy was so strong, and I'm not even a fan of the first movie. That's how strong I think the second and the third were. Um, but nothing can, can top Godfather. I mean, if Netflix weren't an idiots and had it pulled, I'd watch Godfather again tonight. Um, that movie, hands down, Dom, tell me I'm right, man. Come on,
4: Godfather. That's truly true. so yeah yeah, definitely, and the, and the thing is I have to, I need to rewatch it because I haven't watched it in such a long time. Uh, I remember having them on like VHS and watching them with uh my my stepdad um and it, it it was a strong enough movie for me that um like I went on a binge of just watching nothing but gangster movies, like I, I remember oh, writing yeah. down a list. Uh, in a notebook, and I was like, "Okay, I need to watch Billy Bathgate. Okay, Goodfellas. I need to watch uh, uh, Scarface." I, I just had this long list of every gangster a movie Brock I could 10. find. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and it was all because of the The Godfather.
1: I mean, I, it was this one line that was so simple that I loved so much. Where <laughs> after they murdered somebody, the guy's like, <laughs> "Bitch the gun." take the cannoli. If you watch the movie, that that line is so hilarious (laughs) because it's just like, it's such a simple line but it's so beautifully said. It's just like, who says that? Like, yeah, we just murdered someone. Throw the gun, grab the cannoli. Like, I loved that. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, That, and then the idea of like, (laughs) I remember having the meet. they were having a meeting with the guy he was just—he was so—he felt so full of himself. So they're like, all right, you know, sorry, sorry to hear that. You know, Don will be very upset. And then the next morning, there's a, his his prize horse—the the horse's head—is chopped up in the bed. Uh, blood everywhere, all over his silk sheet. Like, there's so many iconic moments in the guy, and that's just in the first movie. We're not even talking about how brilliant the second one was, and, and how more so kind of watered down the third one became, but it had De Niro being De Niro. um, I I just thought that was head to toe, beautifully done. Um, Tia, you were chiming in. (laughs) I am curious, was Godfather the best trilogy? Like, is that even debatable?
2: So, I mean, yes, obviously. I was going to say, and I probably have mentioned this before, but my family is Italian American, so I'm pretty sure it's um, a rite of passage. To pretty much, you come out of the womb, and they hand you godfather, and you're supposed to watch it and like, you know and bring it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's so many. Like growing up, I mean, they're they're always making the the sauce, which we call gravy, right? And Michael's mm-hmm. talking on the phone, and you know he's got one of his family members like, oh, I love you, I miss you so much. If I don't see you soon, I'm gonna die. And it's like so <laughs> amazing. And my favorite character actually in the first movie is Sunny. I love Sunny because oh, yeah. that that that. That sister's husband, oh, he deserved everything that came to him. And my grandpa always tells me a story that when they saw the first one in the theater, that he was yelling at the screen when Sonny's beating the shit out of him. And he's like, "You get him, you get him!" Sonny. <laughs> and I love at the end of that movie, spoiler alert, I guess, um, that you know Michael's talking to the husband. And he's like, oh, you know, so you're not going to kill me. Everything's going to be fine. he's like, yeah, I wouldn't do that to, you know, the, the father of my sister's child. Like, I wouldn't do that. And then as they're driving away, they're just strangling him in the freaking car. I mean, holy shit. The whole thing was just amazing, top to bottom. I mean, even when they go to Italy, um, which, by the way, I was actually at that bar when I went to Italy uh, when like 10 years ago or something. But anyway... It's just so good, like all the actors, all the iconic lines, all the iconic moments, and uh, Juwan, that scene with a, a horse's head um, was because one of the guys who, you know, essentially supposed to be like a quote-unquote Frank Sinatra wanted to get right. into the movie want to get into the movie business, but at the time, Italians weren't really, you know, uh, everyone's favorite. They were kind of being discriminated against, and that's why Hollywood didn't want to bring him in. And then the guy who was a movie director uh, wakes up with a horse's head in the bed, um, which was, you know, it's like, oh, my God. Um, It's just so good. I mean, and then you have Robert De Niro. You have Al Pacino. You have just these great names from gangster movies, and it is such a beautifully constructed trilogy, and the music, the acting, the scenery, everything about it is so gorgeous, and I swear to God, if they ever try to redo The Godfather, I will lose my mind. That is a movie, it's not as a, it's a movie for a new generation. No, 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 just watch the original trilogy. You don't need a new I'll, one for a new generation.
1: I will say this to you.
2: That when they did that first,
1: when they did the trilogy at Godfather, you could say yeah. that was the golden age of acting. Uh, I still, yeah. to this day, I have not seen um, Robert Duvall in a better performance than he was in right. the Godfather trilogy. Um, even though I'd make a huge, huge argument that that movie with um, Joaquin Phoenix, Mark Wahlberg, um, uh, Eva Mendez, I can't remember, the, We Own the Night. That movie is never talked about easily one of our generation's best movie. Best, best movie. If you guys have not seen it, watch We Own the Night. I'd, I'd argue that's one of Phoenix's best performances. And Mark Wahlberg. Um, very, very good movie. Um, but, yeah, I think that's one of Robert Duvall's best roles. Like, I, I don't even think that's something to be argued. But the point I was going to make, I think that golden age of acting I think you can make an argument that this generation's actors are some of the best actors we've ever had Um, because it's not so few and far between. You have so many great actors, whether they're 8, whether they're 18, whether they're 34, 45. Um, Chadwick Boseman came on strong, uh, you know, as he got older. So to me, I think if they were to redo Godfather, I told you before, would you argue it, Tia, if they told you tomorrow Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be the new Don Corleone? You would argue it at, at, at the start, but once they showed you the photo of him, he's like, yo, Leo is about to kill this role. He's about to kill this role. And Sweet I mean, sweeten the pot to you, we could find a role for John Berenthal, Tom Hardy, and Pablo Schreiber <laughs> easily in that movie. <laughs> well, and he's like, you well, know
2: what? All right. Well, I was going to say is that, you know, they're coming out with a Sopranos prequel movie. And in that case, it, I'm fine with it because you're doing a prequel movie, right? Which, yes, mm-hmm. John Bernthal is in. Um, but in that case, then it's fine. So if they want to do, say, like a prequel or something like that. I mean, it's just going to be hard for someone to top Marlon Brando's and Al Pacino's performances. Like Leonardo DiCaprio would have to put the freaking cotton balls in his mouth just like Marlon Brando did. But here's the thing. We know how dedicated Leo is. Leo would try his best to outdo
1: Marlon Brando um, because mm-hmm. that that's Leo. But to me, speaking of prequels, I would love a movie about the rise of Don Corleone. Um, yeah. Because we see him, obviously, um, in that first movie, he, he dies in it. So it's like we don't get much of him before he dies. So to me, seeing Leo as Don Corleone early on um, would be Freaking money. I think it would be great. And then if you wanted to, that could spin off to um doing an actual remake of The Godfather. And I think that'd be box office gold. Um to me I think if Scarface could be redone and you know, now it's being yeah. polarized as one of the greatest ever. I think you can do Godfather. The thing is, who's doing it, how are they doing it, and why do they want to do it? is some of the biggest questions that would need to be answered heading into it. But I think absolutely, I think of this, this – because I can tell you this now. Kids today, once they turn what? Like when you get them old enough to actually sit down and watch Godfather, 15 minutes into it, they'll be on Twitter. Like they won't want to sit through it. So if you can get somewhat of a newer feel to it with actors that maybe this generation knows or even really cares about, I think I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, you know, again, Leo is Don Corleone. I don't think anyone would be against that whatsoever. It just depends on who's doing it. Like Antoine Farquhar was supposed to do it, I would never feel comfortable with him doing it. Now, if Martin Scorsese said he wanted to do it, sign me up well, right yeah. now. You don't even need to tell me anything else. Don't, you don't even need to tell me the cast. Martin's doing it. You can have my money right now. Right now. Well, that's
2: why. Me. That's why the Irishman looks so good. Like you talk about the golden age of acting. You have Martin Scorsese, who's arguably one of the you know best directors of all time, bringing in actors who are from the golden age of acting. Yeah. And it's like, I just don't think that you really see that anymore. And that's what, like, say makes The Irishman look so appealing to someone like me who mm-hmm. loves The Godfather and loves those type of movies. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I was just going to say, I think when those movies came out um, – one thing you didn't have to worry about was an oversaturation. So when Godfather came out, it didn't have to worry about going up against Avengers Endgame um, or, you know, Toy Story 5 or anything like that. Like, it was only more movies like that. Um, So you could grade it more appropriately. But I think now it's becoming a saturation of getting these fantasy movies, these box office hits, that people get away from movies. Like, Timothy, uh, I think his name is Chalamet. I think that kid is easily um, gonna be the future of acting. Easily, I have not seen one thing he's been in that I thought was bad, not even remotely close. I think this kid is money, but general public doesn't really pay attention to him unless he puts a bow on his back and becomes Speedy, uh, or, or Red Arrow, or something like. You know what I'm saying? So to me, I think we are in a golden age of that. I mean, think about it: we have Denzel, we have Leo, we have Benicio del Toro, we have Josh Brolin, like. We have Tom Hardy. We have really, really, really good actors and actresses and, and directors. Um, I just don't think movies like that are being appreciated enough for us to understand that we are indeed in a golden age of acting um, is because we it's hard to gauge acting from a superhero movie. It's hard to gauge it from voiceover work. Um, so I think if we just paid more attention to actual movies and films, we could really, truly appreciate the fact that what is it, Joaquin or Hakeem Phoenix, has been giving us great movies since he has started acting. Like, that man is on one of the best hot streets in acting, but no one ever talks about it. Um, so I just think if we step back from the realm that we live in, which is the superhero realm, and appreciate film, we would see that we are indeed in a golden age of acting because um, we have so many great actors. But, pal, I want to pass it to you because I think you can speak more to that. Um, Do you feel as though, before you get into your take on Godfather, do you think that we are also in a time of the, also in a golden age of acting? Like, don't you think we have some of the best actors and actresses today?
5: I mean, I feel I could say that now. Ask me six months ago. I don't think I would have been able to give you an answer. But um, right now, the way that the fall Season uh, fall season movie lineup is working like right now. Oh my gosh, I'm super 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 excited for the future. You mentioned um, Timothy Chalamet. Yes, I absolutely agree. He is on his way to become. You know, I don't want to say like the next Leonardo DiCaprio or anything like that, but like he's gonna be he's gonna be a household name for sure, just like Leonardo DiCaprio is today. Um, even even not so much the um, you know someone younger like him, but you know, I'm, I'm excited to see Adam Driver and Joaquin Phoenix becoming big names now, even though they've always been making amazing performances in previous movies. And I don't know why now they're just becoming super popular on Twitter. But, um, well, I mean, obviously because the movies that they're in are just, they just look so phenomenal and um, have already gotten a lot of uh, praise just by the trailers or the first couple of screenings. But, um, yeah, it, I feel like it's a very exciting time to um, see all these, you know, all these actors and actresses um, making a name for themselves. Um, unfortunately, like, uh, off the top of my head, I really can't think of um, any female. Oh, oh, well, for female performances, like, I know that for, Florence Pugh is one that is, is up and coming, especially after um, two movies that she was in this year, Fighting with My Family and Midsommar um i haven't i've only seen one of those movies but like I, she's definitely um going to be doing big things in the future yeah it, it's really exciting i'm i know that you know the state of movies and movie theaters right now is a, a bit up in the air um but um as long as these people are performing in movies they can have all my money
1: yeah i mean I- the, the, biggest, the biggest point that I, I was trying to get to is I think, and this might be, again, I'm not saying it definitively, this might mm-hmm. be the only era in film where we have stars in each category. Like, you think, oh, what's the future of comedy? Well, we know Seth Rogen obviously has a huge hand <laughs> yeah. on the future of comedy. We go action. Like, think of whoever you think is, is like, you could say the guys who did uh, John Wick. Those guys have their thumb on the pulse of action movies. You could go superhero. Obviously, Spivey's got that on lockdown. You could go drama. Timothy has that on lockdown. Him and Steve Carell seem like every other year, those two are trying to figure out uh, a way to give us a great drama. Um, And there's plenty more actors. um, But um, I think in every genre of film, we are well represented. I don't think we could safely say that before. Blumhouse is taking care of horror for us. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I think we are in a position to where, if this isn't considered one of the golden ages of acting, I, I don't know if we'll ever see it then. Um, because we are well what, represented in all genres.
5: What makes me really, um, excited is just the fact that, like, yes, you were mentioning there is, um, a set of actors or actresses that you can absolutely domi- see dominating a certain genre or whatever. But, like, also, I just feel like there's so many versatile actors as well and actresses. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that you can see them in a movie, like, uh, for, I'm going to bring up Adam Driver. Like, you know, obviously, he is well-known in, in indie movies and just smaller films, but at the same time, he can rock out of a the, villain of, of the role, like, Kylo ren in a huge franchise like star wars like it's really awesome to for him to have that kind of spotlight but at the same time go back to you know maybe smaller films that may not get get him as much money you know it it probably won't be a billion dollar movie but oh god like he, he like it's just amazing like how talented he is and um and obviously not just him. Like, this can go for a lot of other actors and actresses right now. But, yeah, I mean, I that's what I'm personally excited, just because, like, he, they can rock out in all different kinds of roles, even though they might be known for a drama role or whatever. Um, the fact that he is willing to attack a big franchise like that, I, I, I just, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, and he, he could do comedy really well. That zombie oh, movie yeah. that came out with uh, Bill Murray. -hmm. Was really well done. I thought that was really good. Um, So I mean, you know, we have a lot of actors that are great at range. I mean, um, I said Steve Carell before. We know he came from comedy, and we know he's completely transformed himself into uh, a more uh, drama style. Drama,
2: yeah. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So I mean, we've seen it top to bottom. I honestly think one of the the actors that I think is very underrated um, because of just you know only done really James Bond movies but Daniel Craig is a really good actor um, that I think once he's done with James Bond he can kind of spread his wings a lot more Um, and I think once he does that we'll see him in a lot more roles that kind of make us have to to look at Daniel Craig more
5: that's kind of how I feel with uh, Robert Pattinson Um, because like oh, I still have friends to this day that still refer him as the Twilight guy and I have to tell him guys he's not just the Twilight guy. He's been in so many other movies that are so good. Like, trust me, he has range. Like he can handle more than just Twilight. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, when Lighthouse comes out later later this year, they'll shut him up. I <laughs> I'll say
1: this, for anyone who is not a fan of Robert Pattinson, who obviously has not watched any of his other movies besides Twilight, I mean I think yeah. that's more so on you than it is Robert Pattinson. But Oh, um, yeah. Tenant will change your mind. Um, and yeah. If that doesn't, I would only pray that Batman <laughs> will change your mind. And if those two movies don't, then you just hate Robert Pattinson, which I guess is fine yeah. for for you as that person to deal with. But the rest of us that are more logical thinkers are keeping an open mind. Um, for mm-hmm. Tenant, that looks insane, uh, which showed nothing but looks insane, uh, yeah, on, and the Batman. I think Robert Pattinson's gonna knock both of those roles out of the park. Um, I am curious to see what Robert Pattinson looks like in that movie with Timothy. Um I know people made a big deal about him with long hair. It does look bad. Uh, but I am curious <laughs> to see the acting of that movie. Um and I am really impressed with who wrote it. Um I'm trying to think of the actor's name, who's also in the movie. Uh, can't think of his Let name.
5: See. Let me see if he I can look it up while you. In,
1: uh, Joel Egerton, got it. I just got it. Joel Egerton. You got it. Okay. Um. Yeah. He um. He co-wrote it. So I am really curious to see what that movie is about. Um. And just see Timmy. Tim. Not Timmy. I say Timmy like I'm best friends with him. Timothy. Um. Uh, <laughs> really want to see him kind of um break out more to mainstream. and I think this movie will, will really help that. Um. I don't think Timothy needs to be in a superhero movie. I think just more just bigger budgeted movie than just the um somewhat small budgeted movies that he's used to doing. Um, mm-hmm. But pal, we went all the way around that and, and I still didn't even get your take on the Godfather uh, trilogy. Um, so before we wrap <laughs> it up, your thoughts on the Godfather trilogy. Uh,
5: sadly, this was just going to end in such a, lack a moment, but I still haven't seen the Godfather trilogy either. And I, Ooh. again, it, I know it's, I'm not. I'm not a true cinephile. I'm, I'm a fake. Trust me. I know. <laughs>
2: um,
5: but it's just, I. Um, I don't know. It's, I guess um, my parents, mostly my dad, like he never really grew up watching, or I never grew up with him watching the Godfather movies. So I think that's the reason why um, I just never got around to it. And um, but yeah, trust me. I feel like the gods, Not just the trilogy, but like I feel like the first Godfather it's always referred to as, like, the best movie of all time. And so if I want to be a certified, like, I have to watch the best movie of all time, so trust me. Um, I, but, you know, you guys were talking about different references that have come up in other movies, you know. Like, I will say, um, again, I'm going back to Disney movie. In Zootopia, they did a very well done um, – uh, they take homage to The Dogfather, where they had a character, an animal – portray as the godfather and those lines that you guys said like the, you you mentioned juan the opening of the godfather being the best opening of any movie you've seen they did that opening or or, or like a, a mock-up of that uh that opening in Zootopia. and so i mean i i'm very well aware of the um, of godfather references and stuff like that but yeah i have to sit down and actually watch the movies and see what what all the hype is about because i know that they're phenomenal movies
1: you being such a huge fan of film, I know you will definitely appreciate um, all three of those movies. And I think you'll oh, yeah. really, really, really enjoy um, storytelling. Because I think one of the things people don't really um, talk about enough is it, it was a great story uh, from mm-hmm. beginning to end. It was an amazing, amazing, amazing story. It's just Which
5: one's your historic. favorite out of the three?
1: As much as I want to say two, which is, like, the world's favorite, uh, which is the second one, it's the first one. It's literally the most okay. quotable. Um, yeah. It is the first one, hands down. Easily the most quotable. Um, And it has literally some of the best, I guess, mobster scenes. Um, <laughs> I won't spoil much more for you, but
2: hands <laughs> down,
1: easily the first one. Um, But I, I do want to shed some light before we get out of here. I do want to shed some light. You have Jurassic Park, you have Jaws, you have Terminator, you have Saw, you have Captain America, Thor, X-Men, Wolverine, um, Iron Man, Um, Batman has never had a trilogy outside of the Dark Knight, so only the Dark Knight for Batman, Um, Superman, I don't don't remember any of the old ones, the Christopher Reeves, I'm not even going to go down that that well, Um, John Wick, but we've had uh, Fast and Furious, however you want to count the three of them, because I think there's only been nine so far. Um, but we've had so many movies, uh, movie franchises that have had trilogies. I do not want the listeners um, thinking, we just told you what the top five best trilogies were. I think if we were actually making a list, we, it might be a lot harder. We were picking our favorite trilogies. Um, so I don't want anyone to, by any means, think we were just giving you the top five lists or the top four Can lists I- or whatever.
5: Can yeah, I say ahead. something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just to, I You know, you know, me being the Star Wars fan of this group, I would have loved to bring up Star Wars, but you know, it's been a while since I've seen the original trilogy, and I wanted to defend it, you know, the best of my ability. And I feel like I would not have been able to do it justice with just you know the last time seeing the movies being a while ago. So that's why I did not bring it up. But believe me, I am a you know a hardcore fan. I just want to do the series justice and not just say, oh, yeah, it's a good movie. You know, Yoda, Darth Vader, yeah. You know, I want to be sure that I get context to it. So maybe the next time we have a conversation about trilogies, I can do it justice.
1: Yeah, I think next time we might just do um, how Tia constructs a top ten list. We might do a list of top ten best trilogies, but not name it top ten. Don't worry, Tia. I don't want any. Copyright and screen knowledge, <laughs> Um but so we can kind of create our own kind of list, um, and, and just kind of, you know, one person like not a list in in the sense of like, oh no, I don't really like that one, we voted out. Just a list of you pick one, I pick one, and we just we do it that way to make our own list. Um, but there's so many. I desperately wanted to say John Wick. Um, John Wick is amazing trilogy. Um, I couldn't say Matrix because I was not a huge fan of the first one. I thought the second one was the best out of the three. I thought the third one should have never been made. Um, So I am really looking forward to what they're doing in bringing these characters back. We got Jaws. We got Jurassic Park. Um, There's just so many. And Dom, Saw. I desperately want to put Saw on a list at some point. That deserves to be talked about more than it has been. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, am really, um, curious to see what kind of list we could make. Um, and one day we will. Um, so I want to thank Christian, uh, for joining us. Tia dropped out. Uh, I want to thank Tia, pal. I want to thank you. And I want to thank you, Dom. Um, you guys make sure you stay tuned for our articles. Make sure you stay tuned for top 10 in Geek Vibes Live this Sunday. Um, we have a lot of great things heading for you guys. And New York Comic Con is right around the corner. So stay tuned, and we will see you guys at the same time, same place next week. Peace.
2: Peace.